1: Good afternoon. Now, final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sam Hudson's joining us with corn. Lots of things going on when it comes to this market trade today. Obviously, we're seeing some lower numbers in the corn market, some mixed trade otherwise. But let's let's start out with the, the elephant in the room, and it's got an umbrella with it. This rain, Sam, that continues to hit, shut down any sort of either winter wheat planting or any harvest throughout the upper Midwest.
0: Well, that's right, and that's true from basically east to west. Uh, right here in uh, west central Illinois, we've had anywhere between two inches and, or probably two and a half to five. It looks like a bulk of the corn boat could see something similar here in the days ahead. Um, with parts of central and, and southwest Iowa, even stretching into parts of Nebraska, and th- this system, you know, what we're what we have seen and what we're going to see has stretched really all the way from the Oklahoma Panhandle to uh, eastern Illinois. So it's a very wide swath, and as you mentioned, it is kind of shutting down any any uh, real. You know, meaningful harvest activity. It's also going to give commercials uh, a chance to kind of catch up if they needed to continue to keep shipping inventories. And in cases, we've actually seen uh, basis improve here along some of the river systems uh, as a lot of commercials were trying to get ahead of this coming anyways. So uh, we'll see what that looks like in the next week. Some of the forecasts were trying to dry out, but midday models are, are kind of waffling on that. Uh, and it may be you know, a couple of weeks before we even see any you know big harvest progress, I guess, in that regard.
1: I think one of the saving graces is once it does dry out, harvest can go, get done pretty quick
0: it can and you know we always you know especially if you're in the area it always feels worse than it you know probably is it feels like you're going to have bushel loss and this and that and i'm not saying that some of that couldn't take place quality is definitely a concern as we move forward especially if you have you know areas that have uh, soybeans lodged if they already had heavy rain here a couple of weeks ago i know there's a few areas in iowa that are already dealing with that um but you know again the bright spot is that it kind of gives lets everyone catch their breath, it lets bushels kind of settle out to a certain degree, and you just hope you don't get into this, uh, you know, wet-dry, wet-dry pattern, and then you start talking about, uh, you know, beans cracking open and stuff like that.
1: Now we're looking at the uh, weekly crop progress report. It should show the slow to the harvest, but are we going to not see this information till tomorrow because of today's holiday, correct?
0: Uh, that's correct. So, you know, a lot of government institutions, banks, everything shut down here for today, so we should, crop progress, like you said, I don't think there's going to be a lot to garner off of that. Um, if anything, if we get a consecutive week or, of a wet forecast in some of these areas that haven't really gotten a big start, uh, if they've definitely had excessive uh, water, maybe more than they anticipated talking about some localized flooding problems and when you know how that could in, in impact the crop, I guess in time. But keep in mind for this Thursday's report, a lot of the data is going to be heavily weighted on uh, the USDA's test plots. And then we should you know, see about 75% or more of their test plots you know, should be harvested by now, which will incorporate uh, a heavier weighting rather than farmer surveys. And it will also be the first report that incorporates some level of FSA data in it as well.
1: Weekly export inspections. Uh, let's look at the corn first. I know it was saying anywhere between one and one and a half million metric ton range. Are we still pretty much staying on basis, even though it's been kind of on the softer side at times?
0: Yeah, you know, as soon as we, every time we go into a new marketing year, I think it's a little early to start looking at inspections. Although they have been pretty good here, um, and when you look and keep in mind, when it's inspected and shipped, it, it, it not, can't necessarily be canceled. It's one thing where we talk about a bunch of sales and then we start seeing sales canceled, uh, but our export pace has just been red hot in corn. Um, you know, last few weeks we've seen all the, the needed rate uh, from the, that the USDA has set out there to hit their targets. So it's hard to see how any corn ex. Now, that being said, it is still early in the year, and I don't think we can sit here and assume any dramatic increases either. And at the same time, we've actually seen the ethanol grind maybe level off and even even slow down slightly with a pretty big drop in alcohol prices over the last
1: couple months. Well, you know, there's a lot of anticipation about this before the Fontanelle final bell even started, is we've got an announcement coming sometime in the next 24 hours from the president, and there's been a lot of rumors, E15, the brands. We won't know until he makes the announcement. But as you look at it, is it going to be in a factor at all for this market?
0: Well, I think if it's just E15 on its own, it's not going to be too much of an impact in the market. I think if there was one, we would have already seen it. And keep in mind, uh, this has sparked a lot of debate as far as uh, is this just a bone that's been thrown to the farmer in a tough dime when prices are low and basis is rough? And we're, or is this uh, you know real positive action, I guess, in, in the ethanol uh, ring from, from the administration? If it's just E15 on its own, keep in mind there's less than 2% of the nation's gas pumps that have uh, that are set up for e fifteen so that infrastructure is going to be need to be built out, and we can 't just necessarily throw a number down on paper that 's you know it 's x amount more bushels of it really may not have a lot of impact uh, initially at all if it 's just that, but as you mentioned if it 's comes along with other news about RINs or, or even waivers or something, um, then it could definitely ha- hold a little bit more weight here. So a lot of uh, anticipation, like you said, uh, over the next course.
1: What about the export side of the soybean market? I know we've been dealing with a lot of issues in the, in the tit for tat with China, but everybody seems to be happy. We're finding some new markets. I shouldn't say happy, but at least understandable and, and finding some new markets going on.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the tough road. You know, whenever you kind of reshuffle the cards uh, from a supply and demand standpoint like that, the market's job is to find the most efficient way possible, but in doing so, it changes what we had been doing before, and that's where we're f- really feeling the pain, and that main pain is stemming from uh, no demand out of the Pacific Northwest, or at least virtually no demand, uh, because China was typically the biggest buyer out of that region, and now you got possibility of beans being railed back into Iowa or somehow getting to the Gulf or to a processor. And even though the movement uh, really we are still lagging the USDA's pace after the cuts that they've made with the, because of the trade war with China. Um, and until the market really rebalances, the basis is going to have to kind of do that work. And I think when you look at flat price, the basis is probably more reflective of the, the trade war. Just keep in mind, we have planted a record amount of soybean acres and could be looking at a record yield here come Thursday.
1: What is your thoughts on Uncrushed Numbers at this point?
0: Uh, they're gonna. I, I think they're pretty fair. I don't think they're going to be reduced at all. And moving forward here, when you look at the big picture over the next couple of years, we should be able to increase our capacity 100 to 300 million more bushels a year. And if anything, this will accelerate that number and maybe even increase it with some of the plants that are going to be up and running. So I, I think it offers optimism for the future. But you know, right now they're choking on it. They can't. You know, they can't. Uh, they have no. They have no reason to go out and bid for beans because it's going to come to them anyways. Uh, as long as we can crush as many as possible, I think that's the main goal here.
1: All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here of the Fontenelle final bell in just a moment. We're going to focus on America action. They, of course, have an election coming up where their real is sitting and a look at the livestock as well. It is a rainy, soggy Monday. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sam Hudson's joining us with Corn Belt Marketing. As we look at South America, they've had early plantings that have been going on. A little nearby weather concerns, exciting parts of Argentina. Southern Brazil has seen some wetness. Kind of sounds like areas of the United States, doesn't it, Sam? It, it does, and I,
0: and I don't know if it's going to provide a huge immediate impact as far as a from a price standpoint and, and in fact well, part of the whole thing might be there the conditions in wheat you know we've got enough problems in the from a supply standpoint in the world wheat market with problems in Australia uh, potentially going on to the second year in a row with issues there the EU Black Sea really no different so if you just add uh, you know more, more problems from a supply standpoint to the wheat market it's, it's not going to help things there but uh, the positive part is that could help continue to drive demand to the US huge uh, reaction there just yet but i would still have confidence that sometime hopefully out you know by the thanksgiving time frame we've seen a definitive uptick in u.s wheat demand uh and that's one reason why we hope the dollar can stay in check we want to stay competitive uh, it, it's hard for me to believe that russia can export the way they have been uh without hitting some sort of limits at, at least and that matters a lot for us as we go into the 2019 it, it also kind of plays back into uh, our acreage here as winter wheat is planted here in the forecast
1: now, you talk about the dollar, you talk about uh, what's been happening with the real in the South. What point, I know that China, they need the grain. They've been purchasing, we, we've heard through South America, buying U.S. beans kind of in a roundabout way. Do you think we hit a breaking point in this tariff talk to be able to supply what is needed to those guys?
0: Well, and that's the interesting thing about this whole trade war is, you know, it feels like they've been waiting to see what these November midterm elections do. But keep in mind, the world weather situation could could fast track this more than anything. If you start getting the situation concern about South America's crop in general, all of a sudden uh, it's going to put them in a real bind on where they're going to be able to get soybeans from and, and not only where, but how quickly. Um, you know, we mentioned that supply chain kind of has to reorganize itself, and then you throw another, you know, supply issue on top of it, and it's just going to have to continually. Um, that's the time, for that, you know, November between then and February or, or March that we could see a trail deal, trade deal done if it's going to happen at all. Uh, but we got to keep in mind what impact this has on our world acreage basically forcing South America or the Southern Hemisphere in general to look at planting more soybeans right now in lieu of corn. And the next chance to increase corn acreage when we you know are reminded of our world stocks, to usage on corn and wheat are very tight. The next opportunity to increase that acreage is here in the U.S. So um, even though we could plant a bunch, the market needs it, and, you know, that's something we have to be very mindful of here moving forward over the next couple of months. And as we tie that back into the USDA report, too, Susan, I mean, you know, keep in mind, part of the market's job now at this point is we know this crop's big. The, the question is going to get, it's a more of a honing process, and you would think that as mature as crops are, as much harvest data as the USDA may have at this point, that these October numbers could be, you know, it, it, you, you hope they're at least close, and the market's job is to find that ceiling or ceiling and supply so that we can then shift to the demand side of the asset market and those headlines will be a lot more meaningful than moving forward
1: you had talked earlier too about uh, the traders data as you look to friday missing on some uh guessing of the data
0: yeah and that was basically back uh you know for the commitment to traders data last week they had missed on you know how many contracts the, the funds had bought back uh, funds have been short uh, these grains for for quite a while uh or excuse me short the corn and long wheat and quite a lot of their wheat and bought back more corn contracts than they were expected Now the question is is this a the the journey for them from going net short to even or even net long will there be reason to see that or is this just providing more powder in their keg to resell that market uh if the usda gives us reason to uh, on thursday
1: head over to the livestock side cattle had some mixed kind of narrow type of trading range today
0: We've continued to see cash remain, you know, at least steadier, better. And it just seems like, uh, you know, there's this conspiracy out there, or at least a theory that, um, you know, the buy side of that, kind of on the sell side at the beginning of the week, they're trying to, uh, you know, maybe steal some cheaper prices. But a lower start today, uh, you know, finish with a higher tick. And as long as we can keep things in check, uh, these corrective, uh, you know, fallbacks have been buying opportunities at least so far. So uh, the feeder cattle, you know, I, I still think it's possible to maybe try to, you know, sneak 165 range but we got to see the cash drive things and we'll see how things can close the week
1: what about for the the hogs they've said some limited direction going on lately
0: yeah and very if you look at it over the course of the last uh, few weeks very very choppy mark on the december falling all the way back down to the 55 mark and i think that's just the range for the short term there's a big wild card on how you know big of an issue this thing in china will be with the uh with swine fever and how much that's going to hit the u.s market i guess in time um but you hope things can hold together at least for the on the producer side of things so they can get some better prices to hedge here and it's kind of the theme here in ag i guess moving forward
1: and when it comes to beef movement across the counter it gets to be kind of that lull of the of the season because we're headed into fall rainy well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially when it's raining every day. I can handle grilling in the cold, but I, I don't like it. If-
1: we just need to get out there and grill some more, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what is the best way? I mean, there's been a lot of things happening in this market trade today and will throughout this week. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sam, to talk more markets?
0: one 800 655 or www.corebultmarketing.com.
1: Or they can follow you on Twitter as well.
0: Absolutely. Sam will be Hudson on Twitter.
1: And that is a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. This will be up as a podcast, by the way, folks, coming up after o'clock this afternoon. Thanks so much to Fontenelle and all the Fontenelle dealers for the sponsorship. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the
0: Rural Radio Network.